Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> like, I was, like, looking forward to this conversation all day. Okay. Hey, Ashley. Hey, girl. Hey. I thought you were just excited, obviously, to see my face, but it's okay. It can be about Beyonce. Sorry. <laughs> Come on, Ashley. I won't we take it personally. We literally just had a 20-minute conversation before here. <laughs> Don't play me. <laughs> Become a victim on the mic, didn't I? Real quick. Ooh. There's a Beyonce lyric for everything, Ashley, because what you just said reminded me of that lyric from Heated. People playing villains and victims at the same damn time. Mm-hmm. Whole lot of, whole lot of, okay. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm stressed, but blessed, I guess okay. is the best way to put it. Yes. Outside got me feeling some type of way. Girl. COVID, monkeypox. All this stuff got me feeling some type of way. But you know what? We here. It's another week. We're employed. Girl. That's major. Got our, we our, got our health, thankfully. We do. I was about to say, we have our minds and the activities of our limbs, like the old church folks say. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, we have a couple of quick headlines to get through before we get to the main event. And even before that, we got a comment from Touchdown Ty, aka Bad Guy Talks, on our YouTube um, from our last week. Uh, quick headlines and hot topics. What kind of forever trailer reaction? And we also talked about Kiki and Zendaya and what what have you. This chuckled us so much, so I have to share. So he says, "I love Kiki too. That's my baby." Wakanda trailer was intense and can't wait for another show out in the theaters because we are beautifully extra and favorite moment from the pod. And then he has Delora quote, I'll pay a thousand for Megan for a combo and photo. Ashley quote, yeah, I'll just sled out Jesse for a thousand. <laughs> And then he was like, bruh, laughing face. Like, that tickled <laughs> us so much. I had to share. It's like he understands our dynamic very well. He does. <laughs> and I appreciate you for laughing and not judging. Okay? That was a, you made, you gave me a sound bite to pull for sure off of that. So appreciate you so much. And for your feedback as always. Yes, the we best. love feedback. You are on Facebook and YouTube. Everybody, leave comments on Facebook, our YouTube channel, Instagram, Apple. We would love to hear from you. All right, so let's get into these quick headlines. Starting off, I'm looking at people.com. Angelina Jolie dances the electric slide at Spelman College send-off for daughter Zahara. 
Zahara is a spelling girl. Like, how exciting is that? She'll be attending the all women HBCU. And Angelina was really trying, you know, with this electric slide situation. Is she allowed to bring potato salad at the cookout now, Ashley? Does Angie cook? I don't. <laughs> I don't foresee her. I, I foresee her more in my camp than yours, Delora. I foresee her, you know, she got some great chefs that can whip up a potato salad maybe. But, I mean, she tried. The video I saw looked like she she tried to get out there and have a good time. It was just more about supporting her daughter. I will say Angie is leading the way for white women who adopted black children black children in hollywood yes. with this because it definitely to me showed that she's helped zahara to lean in to her blackness exactly understanding that it is important to know who you are and not it's not a costume you put on and off or some you know fleeting fun fact it's like it's who you are you're engulfed in the culture and i feel like her her father um, plays a role in that. I mean, he's integral with uh, his production company, Plan B. Well, yeah, I was just about to say, let me not they, just they say produce. Angie. Angie and Brad, as if, as if he doesn't exist. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know the state of their relationship because, you know, Brad's been on the red carpet for his new film, Bullet Train. And one of the clips from the LA premiere asked him about Zahara going to Spelman and he looked kind of sad in the eyes. You know, they're, they have a bitter divorce. There was a thing that happened with the kids. I really don't mm-hmm. know everything that went on with that, but it almost, I don't know. His reaction made me kind of sad though. Cause I was like, is he like involved? You know, It may just be a sore subject and probably not a subject he wants to talk about openly and candidly with mm-hmm. reporters, you know, cause it was, I mean, that got really ugly and really contentious. And it's still not over. They're like fighting over Wineland in freaking France or Italy or somewhere rich. Like it's a it's a mess, but this made me smile. All right. So we have a segment here. Um, it's a celebration of life. We're going to talk about some of our legends who have now become ancestors. Starting off with Mary Alice, actress in Fences, Sparkle, and The Matrix, dies at 85. I'm looking at The Hollywood Reporter. I hadn't heard um, uh, from her in some time. It says here in this article that she retired from acting in 2005, but she has been in some pivotal roles. Ashley, do you have a particular project that you know her from? Probably a different world. Is the one that really sticks maybe again because it's but it's also one that I've rewatched in recent years uh, again so it just kind of sticks the most for me but Mm -hmm. you know to your point she I didn't realize she was even in the Matrix so yes she played the Oracle in the Matrix Uh, she was in what they called the cult favorite Sparkle in 1976 and she was in the original Broadway production of Fences. Um, she's won both uh, Emmys and Tony award-winning actress here. Beautiful legacy, beautiful woman. Every time I saw her, I was like, ooh, that's a sophisticated lady, you know? Indeed. Also looking at The Hollywood Reporter, we have Pat Carroll. 
Emmy-winning actress and voice of Ursula in The Little Mermaid dies at 95. I wanted to highlight her because Ursula is just that bitch. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Well, remember you named Ursula when we were talking about Disney villains who we want to see get their own, like, film. You said Ursula, so. Period. Period, okay? (laughs) Because. Ursula presents as a black woman, though, too. I think that's another thing. (laughs) Girl, you ain't never lied, okay? She's had a story career starting back in the 60s, and she was actually on uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show, as well as Laverna Shirley, which is a show that I used to love whenever I went over to my grandma's house. Mm. (laughs) You know, syndication. She was also in Freedom Writers, which I don't remember who she played, but remember I recently made just a random reference to freedom writers that's one of my favorite movies really like as far as like education movies you know what i mean that's like memorable to me freedom writers definitely stands out so i didn't even remember her from that but very cool very cool she leaves a beautiful legacy so our next ancestor we're going to talk about today is bill russell the legendary boston celtic 11-time NBA champion, died at 88 years old. Ashley, I feel really bad. I didn't realize how big of a deal he was. Like, I I knew he was a big deal, but I was like, oh, yeah, he's O'Head, like, Dr. J and all that, and Kareem. No, this is Bill freaking Russell. <laughs> yeah, legend. Boston Celtics legend. This one hit me the most probably of these folks we're going to talk about just because of the status he had within the NBA. And to your point, he was way before our era. He was practically before my parents' era, honestly. Exactly. Um, Exactly. So it's easy for people these days to kind of not pay attention or to forget. But I mean, he was a living legend. So living legend. This one got me. It also makes you realize how young uh, the NBA history is. And looking at this article here at ESPN, it talks about how before Jordan, he was the one everyone said was the greatest basketball player of all time. Because with the same team, the Boston Celtics, 11 championships. Are you freaking serious? And also looking at this article from The Atlantic, it says, the Bill Russell I knew for 60 years, written by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he goes as far as to talk about his first time meeting him and his impact Bill Russell had on his life being not only an athlete, but being an advocate for Black people. Bill Russell, it says in this article, was the most famous along with Ali and Jim Brown they were a part of that Cleveland summit that talked about, you know, our rights and things like that during the sixties. So when being a celebrity was also synonymous with activism in the black community. I was just going to mention that I was seeing on NBC sports that his 11 rings, they're saying it's a record that's likely never to be broken. So, I mean, he will stand the test of time. Absolutely. Because even people like Kobe, 
and Shaq, they were going for the Jordan six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, ooh, his legacy will definitely live on. All right. Last but certainly not least, I'm looking at people.com again. How Nichelle Nichols changed the space program and recruited women and minorities to work at NASA. This was a shock as well. Nichelle passed away at 89 years old. It says here that NASA gave her a shout out saying we celebrate her life. She was a Star Trek actor, trailblazer, role model who symbolized to so many what was possible. She partnered with us to recruit some of the first women and minority astronauts and inspired generations to reach the stars. Ooh, I'm getting a little choked up looking at this. I didn't realize because you and I love pop culture so much, it's so easy for people to like throw it away. But these images through um, TV, film, and what we listen to matter so much. Mm -hmm. That saying where... You can't be what you can't see. Like she was a lieutenant in the popular show Star Trek. Whoopi Goldberg said that Nichelle was the first Black person I'd ever seen who made it to the future. What? Mm, Powerful. Had the first interracial kiss on television with Captain Kirk. Even Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Talked Talked about about how important her role was in star trek i mean that's something phenomenal phenomenal legacy i'm gonna be a little silly and ask you have you seen that kiss yes i'm pretty sure i have so i rewatched it today for the pot the way i laughed out loud first of all it took them 50 living years to actually kiss and then he had the nerve to have his eyes open I'm like, sir. Oh, he was Matt James in it. <laughs> Those were the days, though. Those Ooh, one, one screen intimacy was so innocent. You couldn't even open mouth kiss. You know, it was just even looking back, you know, my favorite film, The Bodyguard, another interracial yes. coupling who obviously walked in the footsteps because of yes, this. Absolutely. Um, their kissing was terrible, right? Atrocious, honestly. <laughs> But it was just a different era. So I totally get it. But for sure, to have this Black woman be revered, be respected, be on par with her white male counterparts was amazing and vital in terms of representation. And if entertainment, what entertainment should always aspire to be is a better representation of reality than we get to currently experience to give us hope that we will reach a point where these things are going to be better where representation and the way we see the world all these things will be better absolutely one last fun fact she was the first african-american to place her handprints and signature in front of the hollywood's chinese theater so that was 1991 what yeah they were racist for a long time that makes me look at that a whole lot different 1991 that's in our lifetimes like i'm laughing to keep from crying it's atrocious all right and our final quick headline ashley 
girl on b-day <laughs> <laughs> july 29th when the world was busy understanding what Ren- renaissance actually is and what it was all about will smith had the great idea to drop an apology video i am looking at people.com it says will smith must still quote rebuild trust with public after chris rock apology this is from a crisis pr expert the nearly six minute video is will smith's first time post that slap in march where he took time to apologize to chris rock to apologize to chris rock's mother and his family he also set the record straight stating that Jada did not tell him to go on stage to do what he did. And the parts that really got my heartstrings pulling was him talking about feeling remorseful, but trying not to feel like a piece of sugar honey iced tea. Yep. Ashley, I need to know what were your first impressions um, and thoughts about this video? And does it work? Will it work for him? Well, first of all, I appreciate the fact that you mentioned that this dropped during uh, B-Day because for that reason, I did not watch this for days. I was occupied. Occupied. Really? Occupied. Really? Did not give this a second thought. Um, But when I finally did watch it on Instagram, I thought to myself, this is for somebody other than me because I personally didn't need this. Mm. I personally have been very candid on this mic about how I felt that this whole situation had been very overblown. Did he owe an apology? Yes. Did he overreact in the situation? Yes. But the idea of blackballing him for this has been absurd to me. And so I totally understand still needing to try to get the public on side and make public statements, but he didn't have to win me over. Right. Yeah. So I felt for him when I watched the video. I felt for him, especially when he talked about how much of a trigger letting people down is. Because I also feel like disappointing people is something that bothers me very deeply. So I related to him with that. We're also women, but okay. There you go. (laughs) Whole different set of pressures. But I, but I, I looked more to the comments as we do in this day and age. I wanted to see what the sentiment was from people viewing this. And it seemed like for the most part, it was supportive, which isn't surprising for people who are going to probably hop on his page. But when I've read articles subsequently, it doesn't seem like the media is taking kindly to this. They feel like it had to be some type of rationale career-wise as to why he's coming out now three months later um it didn't feel genuine because of how the production was kind of staged with him he's asking always these questions on social media though absolutely he is and it's a forum to be produced because for the most part celebrities are crafting their, their own, own narrative image. absolutely or the first time in most of their careers having that opportunity to do so too with the advent of social media. So I don't, I did not blame him for that. But I think that, again, there are going to be a lot more people to win over that I don't fall into the category of. So whether or not this was a stepping stone in that direction, I think for the people who were already 
willing and likely to forgive him, it continues to propel them that way. But for yeah. other people, and I'm going to be honest, I think particularly white people, it's going to take a lot longer for him to do an apology tour. So for me, I did not look at the comments because in a lot of ways, I feel like I've been kind of heart sick about the situation because I'm like, I don't know what a resolution looks like because I'm also in your camp in terms of he doesn't need to apologize to me. And like, I, this was needed, but I'm curious how many more times this is going to happen. Like, is this is it? Or are we going to get one more thing? And then that's it. What I will say is it did feel like his camp was like, okay, it's been three months. We got to do or say something because there must be other projects in the pipeline that needs to get rolling. So we have this official statement out for the world to see. Um, again, I don't know if he felt like dropping this on B-Day would help cover because a lot of big stories, especially on weekends, y'all watch it, drops late Fridays <laughs> before like a weekend. And, you know, they hope to, you know, get it out there, but not have it be like the main conversation. You know what I mean? So I don't know if there was some intent in that, but I think maybe for me, I take the think pieces personally, because interesting, I take it personal, this continued narrative a little bit, this continued narrative as if he could not have taken three months to literally gather himself. He could not have taken three months to assess, truly assess the situation and like, what the was I thinking and what was I doing that I came so out of character and now I'm finally in a place where I feel like I can step, dip my toe back into it. So I take it a little, I, I, I take it a little personally, but again, mm. I think it's because of the celebrity we're talking about in particular, right? And Probably. the fact that yeah. I already had that love and I just, you know, as a black person, I just, I'm not here for the bullshit of y'all trying to make situations way bigger than they need to be. And yeah. in this case, you're making, everybody's making this situation continue to make it. all the shit that's gone down in Hollywood. Get yeah. out of here with this. Like, I'm, <laughs> like I don't mean to sound too passionate, but y'all are ridiculous. In the Academy currently now. Yeah, I just, I mean, if we want to talk about somebody, we talk about mystical. That's a story that Whew. should probably be a little bit more discussed right now than Will Smith's apology because he actually seems to have committed a severe crime yet again but I digress I'm just saying it along the lines of I I don't want to get to the point that I feel with some other Hollywood stories where I'm so y'all beating this too too much for me yeah I think of uh, Anna Navarro's uh, comment she was like alluding to what Chris Rock has said talking about what is a victim and she's like we have real victims in the world. <laughs> Thank you for bringing this up because one last thing that I wanted to dispel that I saw media say during this apology assessment is people were trying to say, oh, this comes on the heels of Chris Rock just saying X, Y, or Z as if he's referencing Will Smith specifically. I went and saw Chris Rock on his comedy tour last week. He made these same yes. jokes these same jokes so these are Did obviously he? a part of the set so that he had already it? created uh was it funny it was funny I this was my first time seeing Chris in stand-up 
in person mm-hmm. because I'm mm-hmm. I've never been a huge fan of him as a comedian personally, but mm-hmm. I, I went and checked it out with a friend and he was funny. I enjoyed it. He was very candid about certain things, about his feelings about certain things. And he talked about his family, he talked about abortion, he talked about politics, he covered a wide array of information. And he was funny, but the Will Smith thing, I was like, y'all are trying to narrate this to make it seem as if this was a response and it was not. So what did he say though? I'm curious. He called Will Smith Suge Smith. He, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he made, he, he started the show by saying, I just want everybody to know I'm okay. I'm good. My, my jaw is fine. Um, and, and that's really it. I mean, he did not spend any time mm. speaking on this or, okay. or alluding to this. I think more so people want to infer that he's talking about this stuff because it makes for better, it makes for a better story. But I'm just saying, I saw that and I was like, he said that just in Orlando. It's not like he just came up with this in Atlanta this one time. So just had to speak on that a little bit. Well, thank you for that insight there. Time for hot topics, or should I say the hot topic? Mm-hmm. Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Beyonce's seventh album, looking at Pitchfork, they say is not just a pop star's immaculate dance record, but a rich celebration of club music and its sweaty spirit. So, impansatory spirit. Ashley, where do we begin? (laughs) What were you doing on July 29th? Were you the person who listened to it at midnight? Or I need to know, step by step, let's go. I wish I was. I wish I was. And I told y'all last time, last week that I wish I had been off this day because when I tell you work interfered with my ability to listen to this album till a good <laughs> three, four, five o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know how I did it. I really don't know how I did what? it. Yeah. It was a cluster because Friday is one of my busiest work days. I wow. had a late meeting with my boss. There was things going on. I just couldn't do it. But when the time came, because I even me and my boss even talked about it on our call. That's how excited I was. And he's wow. a big music person too. So he was yeah. like, Ashley, what are you, you gonna light a candle? You gonna you gonna light some incense? You gonna turn out the lights? I was like, that's amazing. I love that. He was like, I may or may not have done that with some albums before. So he understood that this was a moment and a vibe, right? So once I finally got a chance, I listened to this on my Bluetooth speaker. I went to the bathroom. I choreoed a dance number in the mirror as I was listening track by track. Okay. 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 Idol was playing for a minute though. That my songs are playing out of order. I don't know why. No. Thank you, Delora. Cause I was like, hold on. Like I, I restarted my phone. I said, title, I don't know what you're on, but I need to hear this in the order in which Beyonce intended for me to hear this album. Period. So I restarted playing it. It started playing in order, thankfully, and it was glorious. I mean, I anticipated that I was going to love this album, but when I tell y'all, it made me so happy. This album made me so happy. Ashley, 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 I'm so happy that you said this because I literally, so this is my story, okay? <laughs> the fact that we were able to have a musical event like this makes me so much, like, like where were you when you heard 
renaissance. So Amara was gone uh, to school. David was at work. I'm by myself at home with the dog. I did not have a very busy Friday. Put those headphones on around 8 o'clock. Got my notepad and pen. And I pressed play. You what got your I, notepad and pen so you can write down your reactions. You are hilarious. I wrote down my initial feelings on each song. I highlighted I, my favorites. Oh my god, that's amazing! Ashley, <laughs> joy, pure joy. It. I cannot not move when I hear this album. Oh, absolutely, from start like, to finish. I can. I. There's me being still listening to this album is impossible. It's, it's impossible. One of my favorite things just overall is how seamless the tracks glide into each other. Ashley, you didn't let me finish. Okay. I have it my bad. rich. Like the production is so good. These transitions, I promise you, my life changed forever when the transition from energy. To break my soul happened. Uh-huh. I was like, it was already flawless up to that point. From that girl to Cozy to my song, Ain't It a Superstar. Is that your fave? Girl, let's talk about our favorites. Real quick, I just have to say, this, my feelings, I wanted them to be so pure. On Friday into Saturday, I did not go on social media. Wow. I did not go on the internet. Wow. I did not watch TV. What? Nothing. Because I had even turned on the TV for just a second and they were about to talk about it on the Today Show. I said, uh-uh. Cut it right back <laughs> off. I had to listen, my first listen through in the house and my second listen through in the car before I could listen to anyone else's opinions. That's how serious I needed my first reactions to be. Go ahead. So for me, I... Definitely went through the entire album initially, but as soon as I was done with it, I went back to my favorite. So each day has had a stronghold mm. on me. The first song that I have gotten a stronghold on was freaking Alien Superstar. When she breaks it down to I'm too classy for this world forever, I'm that girl, and she spells out U-N-I-Q-U-E. I was like, bitch. <laughs> Tell my mom's did you with my love. I'm like, if I were in high school and college, I'm like, this is me. This is my life. Did <laughs> <laughs> you with my love, okay? But then cozy is such an affirmation. Yes. I'm comfortable in my skin. I'm, I'm wait. That's a song that I'm waiting for a great post on social media to use that as my background, like my my song. For the moment, like that's absolutely one of those songs that's an anthem for me that I'm going to need to use on these internets. So the next song that has the immediate chokehold on me is Energy. Specifically halfway through. Very much an extension for me of The Gift. This song is, it could have been a bonus track on The Gift. Ashley, I'm glad that you say that because my overall notes for this album, it is genuinely the culmination of everything you've ever loved about Beyonce. There are moments of Dangerously in Love. There are moments of The Gift, moments of Beyonce. We didn't get much Lemonade, but definitely The Gift with the Afrobeats with energy and move. 
And so, see, it's it's a blend of Beyonce and the gift for me in that I feel like a lot of these sound like an extension of Blow. And Blow is honestly yes. one of my favorite Beyonce songs, yes. but it has that vibe. Yes. Like, I need a whole skate party just for this album to play on repeat. The way I danced to this song, especially for Cuff It, I was like, I need yeah. roller skates now. We we gotta plan some type of skate party, and I mean, I'll I'll DM Usher. He's not gonna come, but I'll DM him just to shoot my shot. You know what I'm saying? Come through, my, Ashley. My favorite song right now is "Plastic Off the Sofa," and do you I knew remember? It would be. I knew it would be. I love Go that ahead. you know me because yes. well, I talked about. I was curious as to what this song was gonna be about, and I love that it's so metaphorical. Yes, but not just that; it feels so fucking good. Every time I hear it, Beyonce. it is, it may, it, it reminds me of a little bit of yes. You remember that yes. song? It reminds mm-hmm. me a little bit of that, but it also just reminds me of like this just feel good relationship summer vibe. Like you yes. with your boo, y'all probably taking a nice car ride. You looking over at him. You're just thinking about, oh, I love us. You know what I'm saying? It was just such a vibe and her vocals. It, yes. Stop it. It also gives me, um, destiny child's fulfilled a little bit because mm. they had some of those you know feel good and again it, when i say old beyonce it reminds me of dangerously in love like these happy beautiful love songs right where you're just literally singing about being in love and just playing vocally up and down the scales and then apparently the one that other people think reminds them of me is church girl <laughs> take you as a twerker though so that's the only and, reason why it's not and I'm not a twerker but I think it's the whole idea of like maybe seeming like a good girl but you do your thing and you don't worry about what other people think or how other people may interpret or judge you or anything like that you go you're gonna do what you gotta do you're gonna be authentically you yes and that is very that is very accurate and I appreciate that but I can see that church girl is a vibe all of the songs let's be clear I saw a post that said, what's your favorite, what's the best track on Renaissance? And then they listed all the tracks. Let You're me like, be clear. answer is 16. All of the tracks on this album, I love. There's not a single song that I skip. Not a single song. So I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I feel, so let me also highlight my other absolute favorite song on this album, which is Heated. Mm-hmm. Heated. Heated, heated. When I tell you, ten, ten, tens across the board. Uncle Johnny made my dress. When I tell you, heated. I cannot be still. I cannot be still listening to heated. Heated makes me jump out of my seat, and I dance. <laughs> we had dinner the other day. I, I downloaded the clean version while we had dinner with Amara and David. Family dinner as normal, and. I was playing it and I just could not be still. I started dancing. I was like, I want to get up and dance. I'm like, you absolutely get up and dance. Absolutely, baby. And let me see the video of my, my, I don't know. It's, it, it, she my niece at this point. She my goddaughter, whatever. Me and Amara, we together. But I need to see this video. Absolutely. No. Okay. So I say all this to say two things. The first. I am more in love with the first half of the album than the second half. Once I she, would agree with that. Once, once she gets to honestly pass Break My Soul into Church Girl or Plastic on the Sofa, the, the tempo definitely changes. It picks back up, but then it also goes back down. 
and I appreciate thick, but I'm not, and I appreciate honey, but I'm not in love with summer renaissance or America has a problem. Mm. See, I think every song for me is important because again, it seems like she crafted this album to be so cohesive. So it'd be hard for me to skip or to go. Now, there are times when I just listen to Plastic Off the Sofa where I'm sitting here and I'm already singing it. So I'm like, let me just play this song real quick. But other than that, if I listen to the album, I listen to the whole album. Like I saw somebody post saying, uh, like the look on my neighbor's faces when they when the when the song goes back from summer renaissance to I'm that girl and they yeah. like are about to go fucking crazy. That was me because I was yeah. playing the whole album on a loop, whole album on a loop on a loop on a loop. So I think that's why it's hard for me. But again, I think this is one of those albums that just like with Break My Soul when it first came out. Yeah, it's going to morph and change for me, probably the same for you over time, depending on the vibe, depending on the mood, depending on whatever. And there's every single, yeah, every single song (laughs) has the potential to at some point be my favorite song. That's how I feel about this. And now it's like, what the hell are act two and three going to be, baby? Girl, she is coming for that album of the year. Okay, let's be clear. You mean that has eluded her? You mean that has eluded her? Ashley, so my second point that I wanted to make was the album dropped, but we didn't get any visuals. We didn't. Were you surprised by this? I was surprised, but at the same time, hopefully that just means she's cooking something fire in the kitchen. So for me, I was like, oh my goodness, are we spoiled? Like she mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she did it for Beyonce. That was the first time she really did. Honestly, the first time she did it is when she... um did was it the Sasha Fierce one was that the first time she tried to do every every song have a video um it was kind of cheap a little bit but it was the first time she tried to do like every song has a video with kitty cat green light probably it's been so long since I've you know that we have not gotten Beyonce videos immediately with a release that I can't even remember anymore. It seems like it's always I'm been going, the case. I'm going in the archives, but Beyonce was the first time self-titled where it was like high production cinematography. And then Jealous is still my shit. Woo, girl, partition, partition. We're gonna talk about that in a minute, and then we have. Freaking lemonade, and let's not forget the gift, Blackest King. You talk about an event. Lemonade was a showstopper. King was an event. Like it was, but I'm saying like lemonade. Yeah, she, it changed the. It changed it just, everything. It was just a whole thing, probably too, because yeah. I was in a different city. I was in a hotel. I was just like, this is amazing that I'm about to yeah. really sit here because Beyonce told me to. <laughs> Call Becky with the good hair. Okay, Ashley, let's talk about some of the fallout of Renaissance. Before we do, what's your ranking now for Act One in terms of Beyonce's releases? Where does this rank for you? Out of seven? Yeah. Holy moly. Just give me your top three. You don't have to do all seven. And in no particular order. No, in order. (laughs) In order, I need your number one, your number two, and your number three releases now that you have act one. Where does, where's your top three? My mouth is dropped. (laughs) Okay. Coming from a Beyonce hive adjacent person. Okay, here we go. 
Uh, then we have fucking homecoming. Can we not forget that? Um, but it doesn't count as the album. It does not count. I will. I will remove that from contention. Okay. No Beachella. It number one. Number one, Lord. The gift. Okay. Black is king. I love that. Already is my life bigger, y'all. Bigger in my tears. Like I was in my tears. Um, lemonade. Lemonade Renaissance. Okay, so Black is King, or the gift rather, Lemonade, and then Renaissance. I am Beyonce, number one forever right now in my soul that album really? that when i tell you i listen to that album repeatedly for weeks maybe even months that's how much i loved that album it ran it ran so deep for me um and it still does so beyonce is number one for me number two number two right now i'm gonna give it to the gift just because the gift was such a vibe the Afrobeats, Lord, amazing. And number three is where I'm struggling because I'm not sure if Renaissance Act One has cracked my top three because of how much I love Beyonce. Really? It's a struggle for me between Lemonade and between this. And this so it brings me so much joy. It does like, for me too, but the what Beyonce's feelings were were so visceral with lemonade and it was so deep compared to any project she had done for it was so personal it felt like but i think that's what i love so much about renaissance is because it's the complete opposite of that like we have been deep yes talked about being black we have talked about being in crappy relationships yes let's have some fun that's why right now I'm struggling. I feel like I, it could go either way. And for the sake of this conversation, I should say Renaissance, but I think it's still Lemonade. I think Renaissance Act 1 is a strong number four. And maybe over time, it is going to crack the top three for me. Because I do. it does make me so happy. But those projects are still solidified for me as my top three. So that's where I'm at today. Ask me again next week. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the controversy of this album that has only been out technically for what four days, five days. <laughs> Starting with police. All right. So if you've been hiding under a rock, you may not know that Khalees has made. A bit of a dust up complaining about being credited on Renaissance specifically on the energy track. Beyonce sampled Milkshake. And for those who may not know, Khalees worked very closely with the Neptunes at a very young age. And unfortunately, due to what she called predatory contract. She doesn't get any money or royalties for her voice, the lyrics, anything from her first two albums. It goes straight to Pharrell. She felt like it was a personal jab from Pharrell because she finds him to be petty. And she called out Beyonce for not being, um, not empowering Black women in the industry. 
Ashley. Oh, and I also like to highlight since everything that has gone on, Beyonce has updated the album and she mm-hmm. removed Khalees from the credits and supposedly the sample, but I don't know. The versions I'm hearing from Apple Music still sounds the same, but I don't know. The one from Title does not. So Mm -hmm, I think Title is definitely updated. All right, Ashley, what are your thoughts on this? I've had conflicted feelings on this story because it is Beyonce and because I hate it that it seemed like there was such a pile on of negative stories and negative information coming out immediately after this release. And Khalees was just obviously one of them. And so I kind of dismissed it. I didn't dismiss her. I dismissed it in terms of I'm, I don't really want to delve too deep into that story. Right. It is what it is. But, you know, obviously as an artist and the things that Khalees has said and apparently has been saying for years, yes. she's completely justified to say this seems like it's much more of a beef with Pharrell than anybody, which is sad Correct. to me because I didn't know this history. I had no idea. Like, Pharrell? I'm happy? Like, what? Khalees is an artist that I know for those big hits, but not so much a lot of her personal feelings or interviews mm-hmm. or things like that so you know I think it's a good thing if nothing else that she spoke out to give light to a problem that is has been and probably continues to be within the industry of the Absolutely. way that female artists and young artists are taking advantage of and all of that and I am going to look deeper into the situation with Pharrell for sure mm-hmm. but in terms of the Beyonce side of it overblown in my opinion Beyonce sampled your song most people are very happy when Beyonce chooses to have any affiliation with their music and so if Khalees is not then you know that's her right but I think that the story just got mixed in with all of the other things from Monica Lewinsky to everybody else who suddenly has something to say so yeah I feel like Khalees was within her right and I actually appreciate her speaking out because um for her Beyonce is um or was a peer because obviously she's no longer in the music industry she's doing her own thing mm-hmm. and frankly everybody who was piling on Khalees I'm like first of all let's not erase Khalees influence she was one of the first alternative black girls back in the early aughts she was very influential in music and her hits still live on today obviously um, and then the other part is you know her husband just died so yeah. if she's pissed, let this woman say what she needs to say. Yeah, and that is me, that is sad. It wasn't that big of a deal in the sense of, yes, she called out Pharrell. She didn't just call out Beyonce. Beyonce obviously gets most of the wind of it because of the album and everything. But my last question to you about this Khalees thing is this. Who wins with Khalees being removed from the credits and... Uh, the sampling Do, is it Beyonce according to some people on the internet being petty and and saying oh well you can get off my stuff or did Khalees actually win because Pharrell ain't getting paid for this no more <laughs> and that was the I think that was the problem in the first place I think Khalees got what she wanted even when I saw subsequent comments that she's made when other people have addressed her and said things which by the way 
y'all need to stop talking to people so recklessly in these Girl. comment sections. Like Girl. somebody called her a crybaby. Like y'all are just disrespectful. It's no need to talk about something about her edges. Like, what are you saying? She has a beautiful head of hair. Exactly. It just doesn't even make sense. And it's 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 so ugly. But it seems like she got what she wanted. She was not interested and excited. Like I said, most people are. And if she's not, then she's not. So she doesn't, she didn't want this. It seems like she got what she wanted. Beyonce, you know, did not have to do anything else. She said, okay, cool. You don't want to be part of this. Then we, I will remove you. And it is what it is. Again, overblown. I don't say that in terms of Khalees being overblown with her reaction. I say overblown in terms of the continued conversation about it because it just was like a pile on of multiple things since yeah. this album came out. So Yeah. And the two other things that I wanted to highlight, Diane Warren legendary songwriter um she made hits like if i can turn back time for share and i don't want to miss a thing from freaking aerosmith <laughs> okay nominated for an oscar for best song 13 times she hasn't won but she's been nominated 13 times she decided to go on twitter and ask how can there be 24 writers on a song clearly shade obviously but then she claims oh it's not shade or anything like that but the dream who is very integral in this album really broke it down he said you mean how does our quote-unquote black culture have so many writers well it started because we couldn't afford certain things starting out so we used sampling and it became an art form a major part of Black culture, quote-unquote, hip-hop in America. Had that era not happened, who knows? You good? That conversation was very interesting. And then, and then he concluded saying, by the way, I know it's not a one-on-one writing contest you're looking for from no one over here. You don't want that smoke and you know I love you, but come on, stop acting like your records haven't been sampled. And then he gave funny emojis. Was the shade? Was she trying to be funny? Seems like it, and I don't know why. Exactly. Such poor timing, again, because it's just back-to-back-to-back to back to back situations. But Diane Warren wrote, I Am Here, one of my favorite tracks from Four. I just didn't understand why you would come for... And she has spoken so highly of Beyonce in the past, too, which was another thing. Like, did yeah. you just wake up in a shitty mood this day and said, let me tweet something? She chose violence. What did Beyonce say about Karen becoming terrorist? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Those Twitter fingers sometimes. Just put your phone down, people. Take a beat. And last but not least, Monica Lewinsky. (laughs) Asking Beyonce to change part of hashtag partition because the ableist um, slur that was used in both Beyonce and Lizzo music has now since been removed. But yeah, Monica decided to enter the conversation. You know you that bitch when you call all that conversation. I just see Beyonce putting back on her can I live like sweater. <laughs> what she said, she's like, I drink my water. I mind my business. I got dimples in my hips, stretch marks on my tits. On my tits, baby. <laughs> I, I just... 
at, by by Monica's entrance, I was tired and I was done. <laughs> you know why? I follow Monica Lewinsky on uh, Twitter because she's quite hilarious. Like she has a level of self-deprecation that I appreciate. I I have no issues. I actually had just watched impeachment and all that. Remember, I told you I was watching the Ryan Murphy thing. Was it good? It was good actually, but mm-hmm. it gave me a new perspective. I was way too young to have followed the Monica Beal situation, Same. and she definitely was treated horribly by absolutely. the public, by the government, everything. By a predatory boss, absolutely. So I totally get it, and she's gone this on this whole anti-bullying tour. She spoke at a podcasting thing I watched. I totally get it, but you got bigger fish to fry, Monica. You really do. Girl, any final thoughts on Renaissance before we end this episode? Beyonce wanted to put love and light and fun and good vibes out into the world and I think that she achieved it with this first act for sure it gave gave me everything that I needed and wanted from her and I am more than excited as if I'm not always excited I am in shambles waiting for act two and act three well said my final thoughts are renaissance is truly a moment like a moment of joy it is grown it is sexy i mean she's talking her shit and i love it and for those who do not get it i would recommend a few um items from pop culture to gain reference to some of the things that she's talking about watch pose fx also on hulu (laughs) watch legendary on hbo max and RuPaul's Drag Race. You hear me? And you know what? If this album is not for you, that's okay too. How about Everything that? Everything is not for everybody. Allow those of us who love this album to love it peacefully. Because that's what Beyonce wants for us. <laughs> when she said, and I quote, yada, 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 boom, boom, cat, cat. <laughs> that spoke to me. That's unheated. I was like, she just genuinely doesn't give a fuck and I'm here for it she's giving her own commentary because that's what they do in the ballroom scene when they were like tin tin tins across the board but when she went in like that with the yada 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 I was like yes she is going there she is going there and I'm loving every minute of it I also final thought love that she thanked her family thanked her children for allowing her the time, the space to do what she needed to do creatively. I cannot imagine what it will be like, what it's going to be like for those children when they get older to know that their mother is Beyonce. And she was sitting on these songs for two years during the pandemic. All right. (laughs) The musical love of my life. That's all. Ashley, what are we recapping next week? All right. We are recapping Netflix's most expensive film to date. Girl. The Gray Man. Okay. Dropped on Netflix July 22nd. A little over two hours. If you haven't checked it out, it's starring the Ryan Gosling and two of Dolores Boothangs. Oh, girl, Evans. you know me too well. <laughs> And Reggae Jean Page, okay? The fact that I was going to lead to that and you did it for me, I love you, Ashley. Thank you. You're welcome, guys. We will see you next time. Bye!